Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Hello. Welcome to the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside our very frequent third wheel host, Kevin Langley. He's like our Nick Wright, so we love having him on here today. We've got a big show. One, I got a nice cigar in my mouth. I got some good beer. But here's the thing. It's game three of the NBA Finals last night. Toronto, of course, took the lead. We've got some controversy with the Warriors minority uh, shareholder. We've got K- news on KD, baseball news, NFL news, and we're going to do a little top ten plus our newest segment, Weird shit in sports. We'll put weird crap in sports, but, you know, we, we swear on this podcast. It's okay. Kevin, let's get it rolling. Uh, All right, so for first up, what's on tap? Game three was last night. Toronto Raptors uh, handily win. Um, Danny Green, their entire starting five, by the way, each had 15 or more. Lowry, Gasol, Danny Green, uh, Kawhi, and Pascal all had at least 15 points. Uh, Steph dropped 47, and they still lost by 20. That should tell you every, almost 20. That should tell you everything you need to know. Uh, Clay, of course, will be back for next week. I think it'll change. We'll, we'll preview game four in a second. But we got to talk about this. Um, Kevin, I only watched a little bit of the game. Honestly, I was so shotless. I, 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 re, I almost re-injured my ankle, so I was just, like, you know, icing it up and just playing Xbox because I was just ticked off. But I kept checking in on the game and stuff. The one thing I noticed is, it was like a completely different freaking Raptors team. They are the most – they are literally the most Jacqueline and Hyde team I've ever seen in basketball because game two, they played like hot horse shit, and they only lost by seven. Game three, they played out of their minds, and they won by 13. I think it oh. – Oh, you you go. I think if they can find a good middle ground, because obviously they're not going to play that great. All five of their stars aren't going to get 15 points again. Looking at you, Danny Green. Hey, North Carolina's finest. Back off. <laughs> He's North Carolina's one of the back, finest. One of the best dunks Michael of the Tar Heel Duke series ever, by the way, when he dunked on uh, one of the Plumlee brothers. That was like my favorite moment, one of my favorite moments of the Tar Heel uh, Duke rivalry. But anyway, continue. You heard it here first, guys. Danny Green is better than Michael Jordan. Calm down. Um, he's, not even, he's not even like top five. North, North Carolina produces shooting guards like it's their job. He's like five, I think, all the time, if, in my opinion, of Carolina shooting guards. All right, well. Behind like Stackhouse, Jordan, Vince Carter, and um, who the guy's name escapes me right now, but I'll bring it back later. Probably Rashad McCants was better in college. Um, But, as I was saying, if they can all play decently and then have Kawhi just do his thing, I think they'll win the series in – Six, maybe, but more likely seven. Well, the thing is, we'll want to have breaking news in the NFL. We'll bring it up in about five minutes. But I still, you know what? If it's, it just, this is like, you know, I've been listening to you guys know what uh, certain radio hosts I listen to on Fox Sports 1 every day. I listen to his podcast, learn from the gym because I'm always stuck in traffic. But he made an inch. He's always been like, oh, it's still the Warriors in seven. I'm going to propose a counterpoint here. What if I can see because we saw the Raptors play like app. I'm going to play devil's advocate to whatever everyone's been saying. We saw the Raptors play like absolute shit in game two. I watched it with my best friend, Chris. We were sitting there watching it on the television in my room, drinking beers, eating pizza and wings. And we sat there and I watched it. I was ticked off. One, I was, I was yelling at a belly up, a belly up member, a worker for essentially driving me up a wall and then screwing up his article. But it was constructive criticism. I wasn't really yelling HR stuff. You know how it is. But, what I'm saying is that if you look, the Raptors played an absolute horseshit of a game. And if, if Andre Iguodala misses that shot, it could be 3-0 Toronto right now. All I'm saying is this series is not as one-sided all if Katie comes back. Toronto may be, Toronto's in this series, and they played like crap. 
Like, yes, we saw their best game. Toronto, you know, Toronto is a better team than Golden State when Golden State doesn't have Durant. I'm going to say it right now. Even with Clay, who's going to be hobble, he's not going to be 100 healthy. Listen, I've I pulled hamstrings before. I've str- I almost strained a ham- I pulled a hamstring. That's annoying as hell. Even with like proper rest and everything else. Yes, Clay's a better athlete than me. That's no comparison. But a strained hamstring is a two to three week recovery for full speed and explosiveness. Clay, yes, is a shooter, but he's going to be hobbled. He won't have the same burst and the same explosiveness, so he won't be able to d- play as well defense on Kawhi. And you have a two-game rest day. Kawhi did not look as gassed as he did in game two last night. If Danny Green and Kyle Lowry can, and even like Gasol and Pascal and Serge Ibaka and everyone else can have as good of a game, we are looking at a possible 3-1 Toronto lead going back to Oracle. I mean, going back to Toronto for game five. I could see this game. If, if they win tomorrow night, this is, there's two ifs here. If they win tomorrow night and Kevin Durant is not good to go for Game 5, this series could be over by next week. Toronto winning in five games. And it would light the world on fire. Hear me out, though. I'm going to get so much shit for this. And Mark, if you're when Mark, when you record this damn podcast and you make our snippet, I want you to put this point as our snippet. There is a reason I have... Like I've never, I've, I haven't blown up about the Warriors series yet. We talked, me, Kevin, me and you did this podcast on Tuesday, and what I said was, I was not disappointed. They just played like crap. I didn't give any credit to Golden State. I literally, I, I, I it's just, it wasn't a game. I wasn't blown away. Yes, they didn't have uh, Looney and they didn't have Clay. Looney probably won't be back till Game Six. KD, we don't know when he's coming back, and Boogie played out of his mind. Boogie's also is in as good a shape as I am. Because he literally has been sitting on his butt for the last week trying to get himself back in shape because he was injured. Trust me, come back from an injury, your cardio is the first thing that goes. It's not your strength. It's not your speed. It's your cardio. Especially in an endurance sport like basketball. So, if we look at all that, and we th- and I, it, honestly, to me, I could see this being over in five with Toronto taking winning uh, three straight. I really could. Now, if Golden State wins... Um, on, uh, on, uh, what is it, Saturday or Friday? It's Friday, right? Um, it is tomorrow, so Friday. Yeah, so tomorrow, uh, when this podcast is dropped, it'll actually be up, it'll be up tonight, Thursday night, but when, when you guys are listening to this tomorrow or whenever, but right before the game, just remember this, if, if, if Golden State wins, we're looking at a completely different series, but... If Toronto wins tomorrow and takes both at Oracle, and the only reason Golden State won is because a good shot by a Wiley veteran, and literally if you watch that last play where where Iggy hit that shot, there were twice that if that there were twice that Toronto honestly could have grabbed that ball, and it would have been Toronto going the other way with a possible tie ball game right there. We're talking overtime, and Toronto had a lot more depth. Because everyone forgets Golden State is no freaking bench. If a bunch. A bunch of guys who get elevated from D minus players to C plus players and B minus guys when they're playing for Golden State. Steve Kerr is one of the best coaches in the league. I will give you everyone's like, oh, he's just got good players. No, he's a great coach. But there's only so much coaching can do. There's only so much Steph's barrage of threes can do. And also, if Steph has a bad game, they're fucked. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, let's think- be honest here. If he gets cold for like his Steph's had a couple games in the playoffs, like not recently, but like during the year where LeBron won. Their 72 win season or 73 win season or whatever, like it it's it happens. It's not like it's unthinkable to think that they can lose this game. So Kevin, what do you got? I think even if KD comes back, I think Toronto still has a good chance to win it, just because I think it depend. Kawhi can dog KD the whole time he can slow him down enough on offense. Katie's kind of like, you can't, it's the length of Toronto. That's the thing that gives him an advantage. They don't have to have their best defender on Steph and clay length already makes the shots impossible. And if clay's not clay will not be a hundred percent. The series I'm telling you right now, no. hamstring injuries and, are such a, f- I've had it said like, Oh, it's a pain in the ass. You said like, Oh, but clay clay's a better athlete than me. I know. But also that means he can do more. So his drop off is probably also going to be more. Yes. And I think everyone, though, needs to be rooting for a 
either the Warriors to win without KD or the Warriors to lose with KD. Yes. Because I think that will increase the chances that he leaves. Because we all want parity in the league. Everyone roots for anarchy except for Mark. Because if, if the Warriors lose, Mark owes me some significant stuff. I don't know what it is. I don't know if what we said was Eagles tickets or um, a large case of beer. I can't remember. I have to go back in the podcast like catalog of ours to find out what the bet was. Because we made this bet back in November when the Warriors were sure when the whole KD Draymond fight went off. And I said it. I didn't think the Warriors were going to win this year. Hey, take back what I said. Everyone should be rooting for the Raptors to win now just so Mark has to give Jared shit. Oh, God. The ribbing. We are going to bring him on. Even if he only can come on for like 15 minutes, we will bring Mark on. If Or Mark will come on. I'll bring Kevin on. Just to – we'll both rib Mark for about 15 minutes. Yeah. Just like Skip, just like Skip when he popped the black and mild in the Hennessy on, uh, on uh, Undisputed when the Eagles won. I think we'll have to do a video call for that just so – Oh, my God, we are. That is going to be YouTube worthy. So, folks, get, get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a fun time. But, all right, so we have breaking news, by the way, concerning my favorite athlete in, the, in, the, in sports right now. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz has been extended through 2024. Uh, the terms have not been released yet, but he is, he's gotten his four-year extension, which means he's the quarterback for the foreseeable future. One, this is great. The fact that it's not – that's why they haven't paid Malcolm Jenkins yet because they had to give Carson this nuclear contract because it's, it's, it happens to every team. Once the rookie contract is up, you have to pay a guy. And I'm actually looking up the terms right now. I just had it open. Uh, if you can find the terms, I'm, I'm struggling to find it. But anyway, I'll talk about the actual thing. Carson Wentz was better than Nick Foles. The debate's not there. Nick Foles got hot with a great defense and good receivers. Honestly, you could have thrown you could have thrown a, a lot of quarterbacks, RG3 in there. You probably wouldn't have won a couple of games. I don't think he would have won. I think Nick Foles is a better quarterback than RG3, but Nick Foles is a B-plus quarterback. Carson Wentz, when he's healthy, is an A-minus, A-solid quarterback with the potential to be A-plus. Like I'm talking, he's up there at his best. He's up there with Breeze, Rodgers, prime Big Ben, Russell Wilson, and, of course, the GOAT, Tom Brady. But, and Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes needs to win the playoffs for me to even talk about this. Anyway, so, Carson Wentz, I love this move. Philadelphia's got their guy. He's putting, they're putting away the whole, like, he's not a good teammate thing now. You see that, like, him and Alshon are seen together, like, at, like, Philadelphia 76ers games, all they're doing all the team events and stuff. All that's out. Philadelphia's gotten mad quiet this offseason. I love this move. Thoughts, Mr. Langley? Uh, I love the move. I think it's a no-brainer for the Eagles. Even though he's had some injury issues in the past, I think he's going to come back. He's going to be fine. His first year back, he probably won't be at the same MVP caliber level he was. Well, that was last year, dude. Yeah. and like I, The back was... injury, the only reason he didn't finish the season was because literally DeMarcus Lawrence put a helmet in his back. Or one of the Cowboys did. He got hurt during the Cowboys game, and that was it. But... Yeah, so he missed substantial amounts of time for two seasons. I don't think he's going to be back immediately at that same level. At the beginning of the season, towards the end, he probably can pick it up a bit. Yeah. But it's going to be too late to get the MVP. that's why they got two great running backs in the draft and free agency. So... But I, I think this is the only choice the Eagles had. I think if they didn't give him this contract and said, oh, we'll let him play out his fifth-year option, that would be stupid on their part. Actually, no. His fifth-year option was next year. His fourth year, his fourth year of his contract was this year with a fifth-year option. Oh, right. I saw they picked it up this offseason. That's why it was. Yeah. And, but no, I, get, I, get, I completely get what you're saying. It's the smart move. He's the franchise. Yeah. Sign him He's up. best man. quarterback we've had. On he like we had Michael Vick and Michael Vick was great for the three four years he played for us. Honestly, McNabb he's better than McNabb already. McNabb and this is the whole thing about McNabb like the whole thing with the Hall of Fame thing he brought up last week and we didn't really talk about it as much because it really wasn't a story. Me and Jack I think laughed about it for thirty minutes during the pre-show meeting, but then we just didn't give a shit. Also, Jack's a Cowboys fan, so him and Aikman are kind of he he worships Troy Aikman's uh the ground he walks on. But oh, anyway. God. Oh, yeah, no. Jack is a Cowboys-Yankees fan. Okay, that's also awful. But yeah, I was Jack saying, calling you out worshipping right the, 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 ground Aik- the ground that Aikman walks on, worshipping it is ridiculous. 
Hey, rather him than uh, Zeke Elliott or Dak. That's true, but also I could win a Super Bowl with right. um, Smith and Irvin. I don't think you win a Super Bowl. You'd probably win at least one, uh, at least make the playoffs. Which shows how ridiculously stacked that team was. I'm five seven. <laughs> and in okay, horrible and shape. By the way, uh, Daryl Johnson Moose, uh, who's also he, everyone knows him from the NFL. I dropped my cigar on my ground, on, the, on my foot. It's all good, folks. Um, like you know, you got Daryl, Daryl, <laughs> Daryl Johnson. You got all these guys, and I'm like. I look back at that team, Deion Sanders, Charles Haley. I'm like, oh, my God. If you couldn't win a couple Super Bowls. And also, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Johnson. Like, I, I love Troy Aikman. I really do. He's great on Fox. I think he's a little too Cowboys wise sometimes. But, like, you know, <laughs> that team was fucking stacked. We really got to, like, really evaluate those Cowboys dynasties. That was, like, you want to talk about dream team of Hall of Famers. That Cowboys team had like eight or nine Pro Bowlers on it. Like they needed to win at least a couple titles. Yeah, which I'm not saying Aikman shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he wasn't a good NFL quarterback. I just think that worshiping the ground he walked he walked on is. I was a little I was making a joke. I don't actually know if Jack does that, but you know what I mean. No, I know, but he probably does because he's a Cowboys fan. And ca- the Cowboys. He, are he's American. actually realistic about Dak, which I got to give him credit for. Oh, I'm proud of him. All right, moving on. Last note about the game. We, of course, talked Kevin Durant's, of course, out for game four. And Clay, of course, will be back. Last thing we got to talk about is, of course, Mark Stevens. For those of you who don't know, Mark Stevens is a very big venture capitalist. He's donated millions of dollars to USC. Big money guy. <clears throat> He's also the minority owner of the Golden State Warriors. Minority investor. Whatever. I have no idea what the difference is. I'm just. Oh my god, are we really gonna talk about this crap about not saying owner anymore? No, I don't care. I was just. Like, I don't give a shit about saying his actual here. title. I have no idea what the difference is. I'm saying that's what he's referred he's to as. He's so a minority owner. Difference. Like, if we're really gonna go layman's terms, he's a minority owner. He like has a stake in the team. Okay. Anyway, so Kyle Lowry going for a loose ball late in the th- I think it was the third quarter goes into the stand as usually most basketball players do, and when he lands on a couple people. Stevens shoves him and look, says, appears to say something. Kyle Lowry, I don't know, did he say something racist said to him? Uh, Lowry said on um, Scott, with Scott Van Pelt with an interview, said that he said something vulgar. He did not say racist or okay. anything like that. So I, 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 you know what? You, every time you see something like that, you always, you, it's always got me in the back of your mind, like because they like and they make a big deal about it. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I would love to know what he said. I would too. But at the same time, Mark Stevens, of course, it's been, it was announced about two hours ago. Um, he's been banned for one year, $500,000 um, fine, which honestly to me and you is like us giving away 50 bucks. Um, it's like me giving up five bucks. Yeah, me giving up 50. At least I, <laughs> my job pays okay for once. But that doesn't mean my boss uh, – no, we're not going to go into that. My, I had a rough day. Uh Anyway, so I think this wasn't enough. Colin Coward was calling this guy for, to be banned for life, and I'm honestly okay with that. I really am. I think that, you know what, owners should be held to a higher standard. They really should. And this guy legitimately just blatantly shoved the guy and said something vulgar to him. You're not part of the team. Uh, you only pay for, like, a fraction of it. I mean, I... I agree to a point. The NBA is still doing their investigation, so if what he said comes out and it's ridiculously heinous, and they fought, have if he said fuck you, he said f you mother ever f you. If he said the n word, then he should be banned. Oh for no! If he said the n word, he's gone. But if he and yes, he should be held to a higher standard. I think the fine might be a little low. He should be fined how much money he has. But I don't really have that much of an issue with the time frame with which he is suspended. If they just did it for the rest of the series, I think that would be too short. Yeah. I think a year is the minimum of what is acceptable for it. Just mm-hmm. because, yeah, he's courtside. Yes, he should be held to higher standard, but he's also part of the team. It's not – I think it's a good t- amount of time. I, I do too. Could have done more, but I don't think they should have. Woo. Now again, so, if he it comes out and he 
said some really reprehensible things. Donald get Sterling. <clears throat> yeah, give him the Donald Sterling treatment. Yeah, okay. So the thing that cracks me up is that, one, like I thought before I saw that update, I was going to go on a rant about how they should get rid of this guy. But the NBA was cowardly and they, cowardly and they didn't go after him enough. But I'm okay with this. I think he should have done two years. But what are you going to do? I think he's still a little short. But you know what? It's He should be held to higher standards. It's like some guy who just won a contest and it happened. Like it, it's, it's a guy who's probably sat courtside for about 40 games this year. Kind yeah, of playoffs. I, so, I, I mean, the fact that also it's a minority owner made the NBA go, okay, we're not going to get ridiculous on him. We're just a year. Do you I know mean, if it Rick, was a year Rick ban? Buker, Rick Buecher was cracking me up to He was on the herd, and he was talking about diluting his shares and, like, how sil- – he was going on a rant about Silicon oh. Valley House oh. turned into this crap hole. And I actually – I agree with that point. The whole diluting his shares thing, I'm like, you know what? Whatever. The guy's going to be public enemy number one everywhere except Golden State. Yeah. I mean, diluting his shares also would just be a nightmare. for the t- Not a nightmare because they probably have really good accounts, but it would just oh. – it's too much work for this. Coming from a kid who has an accounting degree, you can believe that, folks. It It's just they would then just sell more shares to other people or buy back his own shares, but I, I don't know. It's a it's a pain in the butt. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So from here, I I just it's, it's they need to really like focus on this. Like they really got to tell these guys like you cannot touch players. Like it's been up this year. Like it's happened a lot. Yep. And like. <sighs> also, do you know if it's a if it's just a ban from going to games or is it a ban from sitting courtside? I think it's a ban from going to games. Okay, because that's a big difference. Because. He could then just go, all right, fine. I'll just buy a box seat with my millions of dollars. It, so I was just curious about that. That's fine. All right. Um, Braves. All right, next up. We are moving on with what's on tap with uh, well, baseball news. Back to backers. Uh, Braves have are the favorites to sign Dallas Keuchel. You'll see why these moves are starting to move up. I like Dallas Keuchel going to Atlanta. They need pitching. The NL East is just such a crazy division right now. You have, I honestly thought the Bra- the Phillies are just, it's so it's such a weird division because the Mets are going to be garbage by August. The Marlins have no hope until Jarek Jeter goes back up to New York and just leaves them alone. Um, and the Nationals, all they can do is pitch. So I just, you know, it's, I like the move. It. If it can, they can pull it off, I I think Keiko's a little over. I think his Cy Young year was just kind of a fluke, but I get the move because his pitching arms are always good. It's like a it's a, a t, it's a it's a position you can never really have enough good good of. If you had like six good pitchers, I would take that over having like twelve good hitters, honestly, because pitching wins in the playoffs. It always has. So um and the reason this has become even more heated up is because former uh closer of the Braves and Red Sox. And Kimbrell has signed with the Cubs. Finally, arguably one of the best closers of our of the last decade. Signs of the team. I love Kimbrell. He's a fellow ginger beard like me. He is not as good as he was when he was in Boston or un, uh, unstoppable as he was in Atlanta. But I think it helps out the bullpen woes that the Cubs have. It helps out. They're just it, it's just a good solid move. It's just adding another weapon to that road to that bullpen. I love the whole thing. So what do you think of? I love the Keiko move. I think given that the Braves just came off a really good season, ninety and seventy two, first in the division, and after they've struggled to start the year thirty three twenty nine, lost today to the Pirates six to one. Well, my Diamondbacks have swept the Pirates twice, but But I think it's a good move to kind of try and get the Braves back on track. Yeah, exactly. Try and repeat as division winners or get a wild card spot in. I think it's going to pay off very well for them, at least for this year. Oh, yeah. And I feel the same about the Kimbrel deal. I think this year it'll go okay. Uh, Kimbrel kind of showed some signs of a decline at the end of last season with the Red Sox. 
he won a ring, so it doesn't really matter. But I think it's a with Kimbrel, it's a three-year, $45 million deal. I think by the end of year two and for year three, Theo is going to be kicking himself for giving him this much money for this amount of time. Because Kimbrel's a fastball pitcher. He, he can throw a breaking ball, but not that well. It's not like his Mariano where he was even unstoppable. We only could hit about 93. Yeah, Kimbrel is not that. And if you're a fastball pitcher trying to throw the ball as hard as you can every time, your arm is going to deteriorate much faster. So I think about midway through next season, maybe even this season, although even because he's not playing as many games, I don't think it's going to be as big a concern now. I expect a sharp drop-off for Kimbrel in what he can do and how much he can contribute. People don't understand closers like Kimbrel, Mariano, even go down the list, Trevor Hoffman. It is a joy to watch them pitch. I was lucky enough, the last Yankees game I ever went to, I got to see Mariano pitch. And my girlfriend at the time was like, why are we standing here to watch the game? Why are we going back to our seats? Well, one, it was 97 out. We were both frying our butts off. But two, I had my phone out the entire ninth inning because it was like, even in Mariano's last season, it was unbelievable watching him pitch. I was blown away with how great it was. Kimbrell, when he was in his prime, was the same kind of pitcher. Just incredible. Now, unfortunately, my team really hasn't had a pitcher like that. I mean, Greg Collins had a great season, but when Diamondbacks can't seem to close out games, I mean, can't seem to get to that point. But anyway, even like this, like the guys they have up in New York with Chapman. Chapman's just fun to watch as well. I, it's just a good closer, even a, a former closer, still a good pitcher in the bullpen is just an asset you need, even as a setup guy. I love the move. Um, NFL news now. We have two NFL move, news, and then we have our new segment and uh, last call. But uh, NFL has told the NFLPA they want a new deal by – like a new CBA deal by September 1st. I am worried because that's what, two and a half months away now? Two, three months away? Yeah, about three. Oh, just, uh, just under three because it's June 6th. Though, by the way, it's the anniversary of D-Day. I, th- I think all of us should pay our respects to the brave men and women, including a relative of mine who's passed away who stormed the beaches and essentially threw a nice little uh, frag grenade into the German war machine's gears. But, you know, um, you know, there's a little history for you there. But anyway, NFLPA, I think they could get this done. I think both sides re- – DeMaury Smith's a moron. I can't stand him. I miss Gene Upshaw. Gene Upshaw actually had the players, like, in mind. DeMaury Smith drives me crazy. Um, but – I, I actually do. I'm optimistic that I can get a deal done. It's not like they're like saying we need to do it by July 1st. The season starts, I think, September 9th or September 10th. So hopefully by then they actually have something up and running. I don't know, Kevin. What do you think? I think the fact that they're not saying, oh, we, we want it done by July 1st is a good thing because it shows they're not trying to rush it. They're trying to actually get something decent hammered out. But I think the fact also that they're putting this long of a time frame on it or any time frame on it is concerning so far apart they're so far apart they're trying to the nfl is trying to strong arm the nflpa into just accepting something to get it done and with demory smith last week two weeks ago informing agents hey be ready for a work stoppage of up to a year could also be trying to scare the nfl but i think it's concerning that he is telling people to be ready for that because that makes me also think that the NFLPA is so far apart because they won't budge on what they on a lot of the things they want. Well, I think some of the issues we talked about this last time. One of the issues, of course, was like you know legalizing marijuana. Of course, you know I have partaken. I don't know if Kevin has, but I will admit yeah. fully on the air. I was in college. I was stupid, but um, it shouldn't be. It's still classified as a class one drug, which means it gets it which gets so pers- stupid. It's so stupid, and like you know. Over-the-counter prescription pills are not. Um, just federal government. Donald Trump, if you're listening to this, just let states decide. Let's not be delusional. Donnie Diesel only listens to his own voice. But, um, hey, he also listens to rich people, and it is a benefit. The pharmaceutical companies would want this legalized because then they can profit off it. Oh, yeah. You kidding me? I'll be I, If it was legalized and they couldn't drug test for it, oh, my. And, like, companies were like, I would be. Companies First in line at dispensary to go get myself a hat, go get myself an eighth. I'd be like, let's go. But I'm not talking about drugs. Just move to Massachusetts. 
Hey, listen, if I got offered a job there, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, The biggest thing is that the NFLPA and the NFL need to come to agreement because there's so much money in the NFL, billions of dollars every year both sides make. A work stoppage only hurts both sides. If they can – it's it, you know, it's, it's compromise. It's pretty much what it is. So hopefully – you know, hopefully around like early, maybe early, uh, early August, late July, we start hearing about, you know, like they're coming to terms. It's coming close. We can always be optimistic about it. Last NFL n- note here before we go into our weird thing in sports. Um, David Johnson was on NFL uh, Good Morning Football this morning, my favorite football show. Try to apply there to be a to work at that show so many times. Um, David Johnson was quoted as saying he's there's a lot of great players, but he's the best running back in football. <laughs> all right, we're gonna do our. Uh, we're, we have a. We're actually David. First of all, you're not. You're not even in my top five, Kevin. I don't think he's in yours either. Is no. it? Okay. Your season last year was so hot, garbage. You were on one of my fantasy teams in our, me and Kevin's fantasy league. You were so bad that we. You honestly cost me a playoff berth. So thank you, David. Um, but either way. Here we go. We are actually going to, you know, we're going to go back to our quick talk. We're going to take a quick break. It, Kevin, it's time for weird. We actually have sparked a top five now. We're Me and Kevin, are gonna, in about five, ten minutes, are going to reveal our top five running backs in the NFL for last call. But first off, Kevin, you got some weird shit in sports. What do you got for us? So last night at the Warriors game, Beyonce and Jay-Z were sitting courtside. And That's seeing good. it went Jay-Z, Beyonce, and the next Beyonce – was Nicole Curran, or Curran, I think it's Curran, uh, wife of Warriors majority owner, um, Lakeham, I forget his first name. Mark Lakeham, I think. Or Mark Lakeham, yeah, that sounds right. I don't know, I just had it in front of me. Whatever, Lakeham is the owner's name, I forget his last name, or his first name, rather. So, in there's a picture that went viral, Beyonce's kind of sitting back in her chair, Jay-Z's leaning forward, and Nicole Curran is also leaning forward talking to Jay-Z. Beyonce's fans have reportedly sent her death threats on social media because of that picture. All right. Time for me to unload a shotgun here. A machine gun belt. I hate the beehive. One, Rihanna is the queen to me, not Beyonce. So first off, go away, beehive. Second of all. Now we're going to get death threats. Oh, I hope we do. Uh, It means we're relevant. (laughs) Um, we get one death threat of hype. Uh, anyway, I'll just start sending you some. <laughs> thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, no, I think uh, that dude Dylan who just got fired from Belly Up is gonna send them to me first. Well, now he is that you mentioned him. There we go. Um, or the or the homophobic guy who I met I, I mess with at my gym because I you know I'm I'm very uh you know I like messing with people who are just hateful. Jared Clem, social justice warrior. I am not a social, I am not PC at all, but I believe every person has the right to do whatever the fuck they want. It's not my choice to tell them. So it le- as long as it's legal, you know, don't shoot up a school or, you know, do well, heroin. But, you or know. marijuana. If you want to do that, it's your Yeah, or mar- marijuana, legal. If you want to marry two by four or another dude or another girl, I don't give a shit. Do what you want to do. That's my – you guys have but all heard two by four people. can't consent. <laughs> well, if it's plank from uh, Ed and Eddie, you can. Uh <laughs> Card, 90s cartoon reference right there. Anyway, y'all have always heard my political spiel. We went over this when, I, when we talked about the Kaepernick thing. Anyway, I find this hilarious. The beehive is ridiculous. This is why social media is like a can, it can be a cancer sometimes. It is just so – there is so much good that can – people have made millions off of just the dumbest things in social media. It's, it's changed people's lives, but it also can just be the dumbest shit. I hate the beehive. I really hope Beyonce retires. And just like this whole beehive thing goes away. So she can bow to the real queen, Rihanna. But anyway, I just think this is so stupid. Kevin, what do you got? I think Beyonce needs to keep a better eye on her mans. (laughs) I don't agree with it, but I get what the beehive's doing. Jay-Z's already cheated on her. You got to make sure that doesn't happen again. Are you? I, I, I'm like trying to figure out if you're actually serious about this, or you're just trying to do this for comedic relief. The world will never know. Yeah, going into your brain is like trying to run through a maze upside down. So you'll need um to figure out my brain. You'll need Alan Turing, or Turning, forget his name, 
the British spy who cracked the German code during World War II. Oh, the guy that did the uh, imitation games movie on? Yes, I think it's Turing now that I think about it. Either way, um, as ESPN gives me a really stupid update about the way too early top 25, I don't care. Fun fact also, Turing was gay. Who cares? That's his preference. Just, we're talking about homophobic people. I just figured I'd mention it. Yeah, it's it's okay. Pride Month, Jared. Happy Pride Month. Listen, I bought rainbow-colored Vapormaxes. I'm supporting Pride Month, all right? Um, I'm not saying you're not. I'm saying Happy Pride Month. There's happy Pride Month. Pride Month, fun fact of the day. I have a couple friends who, you know, identify on that, on that whole thing. So, you know, Happy Pride Month. Um, now, Kevin, let's kick that smooth jazz. It's time for the last call. So, of course, we talked about about 10 minutes ago. David Johnson, of course, said he's a top-five running back. Now, Kevin, since you are the host, I mean the co-host, uh, and you're my sidekick. Unless you're going Robin. Um, you are going to reveal your top five first. Honorable mentions, then five, four, three, two, one. You ready? Okay. So, first honorable mention. Am I giving a reason for these people why I put them there? Yeah, like a minute reason. Our first like, honorable I mean, mention. A sentence or two. Yeah. yeah. First honorable mention, Zeke. Really? I couldn't justify putting him in my top five. He disappears for too many games. Okay. He, he's a top three running back in the league when he shows up, but it's a question of if he's going to show up that week. I got I to argue devil's advocate about that point. We'll wait till later. <coughs> Second honorable mention, McCaffrey. He didn't even make my top seven. So I, I think given he can do everything, also he's yoked now. I think he's going to have a huge year, and I unless he has the Amari Cooper issue where he got too big. But the fact he can catch passes, he can run the ball, he can do it all, and I, he's a great running back that any team would love to have. Yeah. Number five, here's going to be your big issue with my list. Derrick Henry. Don't hate that. He no, was number eight on my list. He had a huge year last year, first season becoming the number one guy. He, he is the best power back in football. He had that like, mini beast mode 99-yard run last season. He almost, I almost made the fantasy playoffs in my league because of him. I oh, love Derrick Henry. He's my, I, I picked him up in a couple fantasy leagues. And I was like, oh, wow, Kevin went to Bama. Of course he's going to take Derrick Henry. Then Derrick Henry did great every time I didn't play him. And then the two times I did, he didn't do anything. Mike Vrabel realized Deion Lewis is useless outside of New, uh, outside of New England or Philadelphia. Like... It's Derrick Henry is the running back that would help Marcus Mariota be, actually be a good quarterback. So I love that. I love that play. I I, I could see him being top five. Uh, he's the best power back in football, hands down. Yeah, he's a monster. And unlike Trent Richardson, he can another Bama back. He can move a bit and actually can read the line of scrimmage. I have better ball carrier vision than Trent Richardson, honestly. Yeah. All right, number I think four. Kevin, you do too. Yeah, probably. Number four, Le'Veon Bell. Okay. I would have put him higher, but You're after off. he sat out all last year, I couldn't. I, as I a think, fair point. I think he's going to come back and be great. Mm-hmm. But I, four, I think, is a good spot for him. He could jump and be number one in the league again. Oh, he could. He could, He's one of those guys who could leapfrog. All these guys in my top five could leapfrog to number one, except for maybe number four on my list, but... I think Derrick Henry could move up to three just to kind of back he is a power back. They're generally not anymore number one in the league, but everyone else. And then number three, I have Barkley. Okay. Just because I think he probably has the best chance. Him and Bell had the best chance to move up substantially, but the concern is kind of will he take a step back, but also the Giants, they're going to be losing a lot of football games. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. A lot of Eli interceptions. Yep. God, I don't, God bless America. <laughs> I don't know if Saquon's going to get the carries he needs to to be super effective. Now, if you give him five carries a game, he's still the kind of back who can get then 100 yards off that. Between Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum, and Eli Manning, Eagles and Cowboys corners this year, I guarantee, are going to be in the top 10 in interceptions this year because of just the interception show is going to happen. I'm, like, so excited. The scary thing is um, Dwayne Haskins is the best quarterback out of those three right now. <laughs> and I, you all know how much I do not like Dwayne Haskins. The only person I think was worse was Daniel Jones. Uh, and then number two for me, Alvin Kamara. He, I had him a little farther back, but I, 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 you know what? He's just such a 
monster weapon. He's a great runner. He also went to Alabama until he transferred. He's a great runner. He can catch the ball. And also, I think he's in a perfect system for him because he's he's obviously not tiny and he's in good shape, but he's not huge. And the fact that the Saints are a throw-first team with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, he's in the perfect position to just pick up yardage whenever they hand him the ball because everyone's going to be expecting pass. And then number one is David Jones. No, it's Todd Gurley. I'm not an idiot. Todd Gurley, to no one's surprise, best running back in the league. When the injury help. is a concern, but I think he'll come back fine. All right. I love your top five. Honestly, it wasn't as unreasonable as I thought it would be. But I got you think my... it was going to be like Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, Derrick Henry. No, I honestly, you know what? I was waiting for you to say Sony Michelle as an honorable mention. I was going to come through the screen and smack you. No, he wasn't. Oh, it's $107 million guaranteed for Wentz, by the way. That's a good deal. Whoa, most guaranteed. Most guaranteed money in NFL history. Good for him. Good for him. Um, here's the, all right, here's mine. If we're going to do an order, all right, so my honorable mentions right now are, of course, David Johnson. Now, don't get me wrong. David Johnson, when he's at his best, is a great running back. He's explosive. He's powerful. And he can catch the ball in the backfield like Levy, almost as good as Le'Veon Bell and McCaffrey or Kamara. But he's inconsistent. He's injury. He has a lot of injuries. And he plays for a, with a team with a shit O-line. That's why he's my honorable mention. Other honorable mention is a rookie from last year who finished with 1,000 yards. The only undrafted rookie ever to finish with 1,000 yards. Philip freaking Lindsay. This is my homie. I love this dude. He got me within a game within six or like within a game of the fantasy playoffs this in a league where I start off 0-3 Lindsay is a machine he is so damn fast yeah he's only 5'9 the dude can just run and he is a rocket I love speed backs I always have Chris Johnson shout out won my fantasy league three years ago also my Madden league that year too um I love speed backs I love running backs who can literally blow open the back door of a defense and he is one of them. He is the best speed back in the NFL right now. This dude, he is faster than Saquon. He is faster than TG. He's faster than Kamara. His only knock is he's 5'9", 190. He's a little dude, but he can fucking move. Number five is the guy who just got all of his jewelry stolen by his two girlfriends, Le'Veon Bell. Listen, probably the best receiving back in the last 20 years, maybe besides Brian Westbrook. He doesn't have Westbrook's explosiveness, but he's just as good a route runner. Go away, Kevin. James White on any other team would have been Cheeks, and you know it. <laughs> Brady makes every running back he plays a better. Rex Burkhead was a afterthought in Cincinnati before he played he in New England. He's an afterthought in New England. Exactly. Every time they had the ball, why are you giving it? moved tomorrow to San Diego, he would sit behind three other running backs. All right. Or even like to a team with no running backs like Tampa Bay. It, it It's asinine to think he's even close in that conversation. But... I love Le'Veon Bell. He's a patient runner. He's a different... He's he's in a class all of his own because I've never seen a running back stop, start, go. He's not fast. He's powerful. He's elusive. He's just interesting. He's a different breed all of his own. I didn't want him in the Eagles because of the whole... He has the potential to jump to number two or three in this list if he has a great year. Number four, Alma Kamara. I hate this man more than any other athlete in the NFL... And I want to see Rodney McLeod or Malcolm Jenkins put him on his backside this year because he's a, he's a he's, he's a loser. But I got to respect what respect is due. This dude is a monster weapon, great receiving back, explosive, can return kicks, can run the ball between the tackles. I mean, the Eagles showed how to stop him. We couldn't stop Mark Ingram, but we stopped Alvin Kamara. The way to stop Kamara is, of course, stack the box, and he just becomes useless in that system. But... When they when teams don't look at film, they real and they let they try to play straight up. Kamara is a weapon. He really only peaks at four. I think he's gonna have a down year because now no more Ingram. People are just gonna know to load the box on Kamara because Drew Brees' arm is slowly waning as he hits 40. Number three, Saquad Barkley. Now his understudy Miles Sanders Miles Sanders got drafted by my Eagles, and Sanders is a little more explosive, but Barkley's bigger. I love Barkley though. He's a great guy. Honestly, when he was balling up last year, I was really hoping Philadelphia could like trade up for him or something. But I love Barkley. I wasn't high on him at first just because he got drafted by the Giants. So I was being a hater. But Barkley proved me wrong. This kid was unbelievable. 
He played great all year. He was the one bright spot of that Giants team. He honestly, during that Giants-Eagles game where the Eagles were smacking the living daylights out of the Giants in the beginning of the season on Thursday Night Football, the only reason they were even in the game was because of Saquon Barkley. And that was only for the first quarter, but he ran for, he had 100 and something total yards and broke, was making some of the best tackling players on the Eagles defense who just won a Super Bowl and beat the GOAT Tom Brady look stupid. He is a phenomenal back. He could be number one by the end of next year if he has another great season. Number two is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, the only reason he's not number one is because what happened at the end of the season. It's the injuries. It's the knees. That scares the living crap out of me. Todd Gurley, when healthy, is number one on this list, and number one on this list, whoever I right now, is a mile behind him. Todd Gurley is the most talented running back in this league, more than Saquon Barkley, more than Le'Veon Bell, more than Alvin Kamara, more than DJ, more than Henry, more than Phil Lindsay, more than McCaffrey. Todd Gurley is a talent. I've seen, I, I've been watching Todd Gurley since he was a freshman at Georgia. I loved his game, and the only thing is his knees. But hopefully his knees have healed up in the offseason, because if he has another great year, he puts goes right up against my number one, which as much as this kills me to fucking say, is Ezekiel Elliott. Now, Kevin, I heard your point before about how he disappoints appears before games. In big games. That isn't even him, though. The way to stop the Dallas Cowboys is to pack the box. If you can tackle Amari Cooper, their offense is dead. The only reason the Redskins lost to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, if you look back at the film, it's because Amari Cooper got loose not once, not twice, but three times because of missed tackles in the secondary. If you pack that box, Dak Prescott's lack of lack of ability to throw the ball down the field is a hindrance to Zeke Elliott's production and his. But when Zeke Elliott can just run the football and be Zeke, and they feed Zeke, and teams play off because of Amari Cooper, which they will inevitably, Philadelphia figured this out when he only ran for like 80 yards against us in the second to go around. The thing is, Zeke is the most productive running back. He can block, which most of these guys really can't, maybe except for Le'Veon Bell. He can block. He can run the football. He's explosive. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Probably as good as Le'Veon Bell and Kamara and McCaffrey. He is a big dude. He can run. His off-the-field issues are fucking ridiculous. The kid cannot stay out of trouble. He's immature as hell. I had I had a Cowboys fan, our boy Jack O'Hara, one of our friends here at the show, literally said to me, and you all heard this on our podcast, He, his own father had to move to Columbus to make sure the kid would not get in trouble. That should tell you all you need to know. He's gotten in trouble every offseason. It's what happens. But based on pure talent alone in production, Zeke Elliott is the best running back in football right now. Gurley's healthy. If Gurley didn't have the whole tennis nice thing towards the end of the year, Gurley is. But only because Gurley's injured, Zeke is number one. I, I just couldn't put Zeke in the top five after he got like six yards one game. That also, that also, that game was... That was two years ago, right? That was against Denver? I believe so. That was... All right, first of all, that Denver defense two years ago, they started off maybe the greatest defense of all time, like the greatest start of a season of all time. And then Philadelphia lit them up for 51 points, which literally was just making me cry. I was laughing. I, I was at, I was watching the game with a Broncos fan, and I couldn't stop laughing hysterically because he was talking so much crap before the game. And the first play of the game, Jeffrey had that long touchdown. And then Eagle for seven days, Jay Ajahi, and I really hope he gets a job. I love Ajahi. Busts out a eight like a forty-five yard touchdown run against the best running defense in football. But Zeke, they did what you need to do against Dallas the Dallas Cowboys. You pack the damn box. Zeke's one hindrance is that Dak Prescott's his quarterback. Zeke would be the best that's Cowboys biggest hindrance, honestly. Well no, it's the biggest hindrance for Zeke too. If Zeke was yeah. on any other team, the Rams, the Eagles, the Lions. He'd be the any team with a quarterback who'd throw the ball farther than 35 yards accurately. You are looking at probably the most unstoppable force because you cannot pack the box on teams with a big quarter with a quarterback with a big arm. The fact is, Dak Prescott has accuracy nose dies after 35 yards. He cannot chuck the ball deep. His accuracy dro- drops to the roof. Razul Douglas picked him off almost twice last year. The only reason they beat the Eagles the second time was because Douglas already tipped the ball back to Amari Cooper. He swats that ball down. The game's over. Philly's driving down the field, and they're scoring. So, all I'm saying is Zeke, talent-wise, is the best running back in football because he stays healthy. But, 
He's equal, if not less, talent to Gurley, but Gurley cannot stay healthy. Durability wins for Zeke here. But his off-field issues could end up being his downfall, because if he keeps getting in trouble, the Cowboys are going to get rid of him. And he might honestly get better. I don't know. But that's my top five. All right, it's not that. It's pretty good. So, of course, folks, we are sticking with these what the two uh, episode a week system for this week, next week, and we may take a week hiatus after the finals is over. We will let you know, of course, beforehand. We are trying to build our brand. So, of course, I know a lot of you are friends of mine, friends of Kevin's, friends of Mark's, friends of Jack's, friends of David's. Please like, share, retweet, subscribe to us on on uh, on uh, Spotify or iTunes or uh, uh, tune in. We are also on as well. Help us out. We're trying to get as much help as we can. We're trying to become a, big, a bigger podcast as well. We also appreciate you guys as much as we have because we're up to, I think, 50 subscribers and we have hit our 2000th list. We're like within like striking distance of our 2000th list. I think this episode will bring us over. So we want to thank you all of you, of course. It's a big step. Me and Mark started this podcast last November, and I just did this off a whim. When I was doing a radio show that maybe got 30 listens a week, I am so excited. This is, like, of course, my dream. I went to school for this. I My goal, of course, is to do this for a living and to have this be my life. So I want to thank all of you so much. This is great. I just want to give you all a little shout-out today because, you know, I'm feeling very uh, appreciative. When we saw we hit 50 subscribers, I almost did, uh, this, this is just – on iTunes and on TuneIn. Kevin, we have like 30 subscribers on Spotify that I don't even know about because the Pinecast, yeah, Pinecast, get your shit together, literally won't show Spotify's uh, subscribe subscription numbers. So you probably are already 2,000 views already. But still, guys, thank you so much. That is it. I'm Jared. That's Kevin. Deuces. Bye. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.